0: Well, we often hear stories about nightmare landlords, right? But what about nightmare tenants? So in the news right now, on the North Shore News, there's a story of one landlord who rented his house to tenants who signed an agreement. They failed to pay rent once they moved in for a month, then for a second month, a third, a fourth, and now five months later, and they're still living there. And the landlord can't actually evict them. There's nothing he can do to push them literally out of the house. And now we're going to invite a rental rights lawyer into the conversation. Robert Patterson is with the Tenant Resource and Advisory Center. Hi, Robert. Hi there. How often do you hear about stories like this one?
1: Right. So I think this kind of story where landlords and tenants right now are are left waiting for justice, waiting to get the chance to have their cases heard by the residential tenancy branch are are getting a lot more common as we're hearing that the branch is getting a lot more busy uh, and taking longer to uh, get around to making these decisions.
0: So I know that there have been wait times of, you know, weeks and a month in the past, but now uh, people are stating that there are very long um, wait times with uh, BC Tenancy to get anything resolved. Where does that leave landlords?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it put both landlords and tenants in a very challenging spot. So from a landlord's perspective, they issue a notice to end tenancy, and it's challenged by a tenant. Then the the there has to be a hearing before the branch before that tenancy can be ended. So in the case of a, a landlord like this, where a notice was issued, a tenant challenges it. Um, the hearing has to go forward before the tenancy can be ended. Um, from a tenant's perspective, the tenant who you know gets an, an eviction notice that they disagree with uh, that you know is baseless or you know they, the landlord might not be telling the truth about for example, what they might want to do with the property. Um, Similarly, they must challenge it and then wait for the outcome of the hearing to see if their tenancy continues past the hearing. Um, One of the, I think, I mean, obviously it's difficult for both landlords and tenants in different ways. So um, in in the case at hand, this uh, landlord is put in a very challenging financial position. Um, In the case of a tenant challenging an eviction notice, notice, um, where, where the hearing for that eviction falls after the effective date of the notice. So after the notice would require them to move out if they didn't challenge it. Then when it, that hearing happens, what the residential tenancy branch typically does is if the tenant is unsuccessful, they're ordered to move out in as little as forty eight hours. Um, which in most reasonable cases will result, can result in you know homelessness given the, how challenging it can be to find a new home and move there within 48 hours. So I think that the backup, and, and that's not even to talk about the tenants who might have, for example, a landlord that's harassing them or refus- refusing to do repairs. Those issues, again, aren't heard until you know months after the initial claim. And by then a tenant's losses might have racked up. They might be living in what is practically an uninhabitable unit Um so it's definitely hitting tenants and landlords uh, in different ways, but both uh, pretty significantly. I,
0: I feel like I'm sensing a bit of over-sympathy for a tenant in this situation who having not paid rent for five whole months, um, you know, there are landlords out there. There's this assumption that landlords are all uh, stinking rich people, but so many landlords are in fact, even renters themselves. So many landlords only own um, maybe one property and, And or if they if they do own a second one, maybe, you know, they're they're just squeaking by on the mortgage for that one and couldn't even afford to go this many months without paying that mortgage uh, based upon the rental that they're getting from the tenants.
1: Oh, certainly. I don't mean to say that it doesn't affect landlords negatively. Um, I think I just mean to point out that this is a problem that definitely affects landlords and tenants. Um, you know, and it can hurt hurt them in pretty drastic and different ways. You know, as you say, a small landlord who maybe owns one property is relying on that rental income to pay the mortgage. Um, you know, it puts them in a challenging financial position uh, to not to not have any rental income. Um, and similarly, for, for a tenant who's trying to challenge, for example, uh, an eviction notice they disagree with. Um, it puts them in a situation where, you know, they challenge it knowing that if they're not successful, they, you know, might be left left trying to find a place within two days, which likely likely result is homelessness. I think both of those things are pretty, pretty drastically negative situations. Um, and I think it's what but, but is important to remember is that, you know, when we set a set of rules for how tenancies work, they do have to apply to everyone. So on the one hand, you know, it is uh, in some cases it would, you know, Natural sympathies are to say, well, we need to find a way to get let tenants be kicked out faster in the case of situations where it's you know more clearly unfair. But at the same time, if you don't have a process that allows for you know due process to have everyone's day heard in court, then you know there are very few rights left for for you know anyone in that process to have their case heard before um, you know a legal decision is rendered. So. I I think we, on the one hand, we need to have a system where everyone has to have their, their day in court, as it were. But on the other hand, we have to make sure we get to that day faster than we are right now, because, like I said, it's harming everyone using the system right now.
0: Sure sounds like it. All right. Thank you so much, Robert.
1: Thanks for having me.